Thank you for listening to the podcast of Bible Baptist Church. Please visit our website at www.southbaybbc.org for more information. We live in a desperate and hopeless society due to the fact that many people are lacking the knowledge that God is freely giving. And it's not that we are lacking in studies, facts, or information. We are truly full of it. And as we think of our society, we live in an age where information is readily available all the time. And the main reason is because of this media called the Internet. And I'm sure many of you use the Internet. How many of you used the Internet yesterday? Raise your hand, okay? How many of you used the Internet this morning? Okay, all right? I'm sure many of you use the Internet every single day or even every uh, hour, maybe during your work time, and that it is part of our life now. And it is full of information, information of past history. And if you like to study, war, study some different wars and, and uh, study different nations, you could just go into Wikipedia and go on the Internet and find out what it's all about. And I'm sure many of you uh, are somewhat aware of the current affair concerning Russia and U.S. And, and uh, I just wanted to know the history of Russia. And by, the, uh, uh, by two clicks, I was able to know... Uh, just for 30 minutes or so, of uh, how Russia began, what the history is all about. And in matter, a matter of minutes, the information was readily available concerning past history. And Internet is an amazing tool. And also information of the present and current affair. I'm sure many of you know what other friends are doing and your family members are doing who are in distance. And uh, you use your Facebook to do that, Instagram, or maybe even Twitter. And you use all of that to maybe socially connect. And, and it's part of your life. And you can, in any ways, fathom without the media and without that type of tool in connecting with others. And I think about uh, information for what is to come and and many people even uh, search about, hey, what's the next best product that's coming out? And and if you're an Apple fan, you're already kind of typing, what's iPhone 6 going to be like, okay? And uh, many of you are somewhat looking forward to those things and and, uh, you could truly get those knowledge from uh, the internet. And, uh, and it's amazing. I wonder what we did without the internet two decades ago. Okay? How boring our lives were, right? And I mean, it's quite amazing how we rely on the uh, internet for information all the time. And I'm sure many of us always jump on the internet to gain information or even knowledge. And we use different search engines. Now, there was a study done concerning Google. And uh, how many of you use a Google search? Raise your hand. I do all the time. I use Google search for my, you know, uh, uh, sermon preparation and everything. And there was a study done. This is amazing. And I want you to kind of look with me. And this is just part of the illustration. I'll get to the message in a bit. But it's amazing what this Google search can do. And there's something called an auto search. So when you're typing something, as you're typing, you're already recognizing maybe the sentence or maybe the phrase. And it already auto searches for you and gives you some different suggestions. And then you don't have to type all the way. You can just pick out the five suggestions that the Google search has given you. So it's, it's like giving you a popular suggestion before you finish typing about your search. And the stats, uh, uh, stats read that every month there's approximately these type of auto searches all the time. All right. So if you go to the next page and uh, there's around 110 auto search concerning cat dating and learn how to have your cat love you. So there are around 110 people auto-searching this every single, not a year, every single month. And then if you go to the next one, 
and uh, 18,100 18, auto search for whether Lady Gaga is a man, all right? So it's amazing what young people want to know. And if you go to the next one, and uh, there is 9,900 auto search for how to mend a broken heart, all right? And uh, some, you know, some people have, you know, uh, 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 just kind of departed from maybe a, a very severe uh, uh, heartache or maybe in the sense of a broken relationship, and, and they want to mend the broken heart. If you go to the next page, and also over 5,400 auto search for how to have an affair. Wow. And, uh, you know, as we think about these searches, it'll get a little bit worse, and you recognize how, you know, uh, our society is deteriorating, and, and we've got to pray for our society. If you go to the next one, uh, 40,500 auto search for why did I get married? And they just want to know. And uh, that's over 40,500 auto search a month. And if you go to the next slide, and uh, 4,400 auto search and how to Google. And some people don't know how to Google, so they go on Google, and then they want to know how to Google. If you go to the next one. And uh, over 40,000 auto search and how to win the lottery. And the tricks in winning the lottery. I mean, uh, the love of money is the root of all evil, isn't it? And uh, if you go to the next one. And uh, 1,000 auto search for how to hide a dead body. Every month. Some people are searching this. If you go to the next one. 1,900 auto search for how to get away with murder. And uh, we live in a very dangerous society. And uh, people are just getting information of things that they cannot even try to get from a library or even maybe through a, a different network. And they could just go on the Internet now and uh, just get all this information concerning uh, what they desire and, and what they're questioning. And uh, we live in a very... Uh, a dangerous society of uh, uh, skepticism, and also uh, uh, they are truly, in every sense, uh, uh, seeking dangerous a- answers, and, and they're interested in vile things. And, and uh, as we have this uh, uh, informative society, uh, as they're so uh, knowledgeable about everything, and everything is really available in front of them, but as we think about this society, even though they have all these provisions concerning information, they lack the knowledge of truth. They lack the knowledge of truth. And I'm sure, uh, uh, I'm sure many of you heard of Pilate. Pilate, meaning in the New Testament, a person who tried the Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe he was a very diligent man, and he was an intelligent man. And, and Jesus spoke to him, and he said in John 18, verse 37, Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. And you know what Pilate said? He said, what is truth? What is truth? And, uh, you know, I believe many people in our society are asking the same question today. And they have much knowledge about skills and facts and history and even technology. But they question, what is truth? We live in a very pluralistic society where everyone's beliefs and ideas are tolerated. I saw a sticker uh, door knocking, I think, uh, last year, and uh, it had a Statue of Liberty. It was green, and, and it had America on it, but it says, Buddha bless America. It doesn't say, God bless America. It says, Buddha bless America. And if someone were to speak out against that, hey, you're a bigot. If someone were to somewhat disagree with that, hey, you're not loving. And we live in a very tolerated society today. 
And many study, and many are know-it-all, and they're willing to uh, receive every idea and every uh, wisdom that is out there. And, and, uh, and this society is just like the people in Athens and Mars Hill, and, and, uh, and they try to serve an unknown God, and they try to always be interested about new things. And, uh, and, and they want to accept everything together. But the Bible is very clear in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 7, Ever learning, I think it's in the slides here, it says, ever learning and never able to come to the what? Knowledge of the truth. And many people are learning in this society. Many people are informed about different facts and different, uh, different, I guess, ideas, but they never come to the knowledge of the truth. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, our nation is dying due to the lack of knowledge, due to the lack of the truth. And we are just like the backslidden in Israel in the Old Testament in Hosea chapter 4. If you go to the next slide, if you could look with me, it says here, Hear the word of the Lord, ye children of Israel. For the Lord hath a controversy with the inhabitants of the land, because there is no truth, no mercy, nor knowledge of God in the land. By swearing and lying and killing and stealing and committing adultery, they break out and blood toucheth blood. I think this really describes our nation even today, and we're getting worse and worse. And I believe God has given us a controversy as well, and he is questioning what happened to uh, 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 a Judeo-Christian nation now. They're, in every sense, trying to uh, be lukewarm and trying to accept everything and trying to be uh, uh, tolerant about Every truth that they claim to be true. And uh, I think about Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. If you go to the next slide, it says, My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. Because I was rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee. You know, uh, uh, many people in the society, they want to, uh, in every sense, gain knowledge about everything. But when the knowledge of the truth comes right in front of them, they want to reject it. And they want to go back into darkness. They don't want to see the light. And then they have been truly blinded by the devil. And we live in this society, not because in every sense they're lacking, but they're rejecting as well. That's why they lack in knowledge. And uh, uh, God is compassionate and God desires for all men to receive knowledge of the truth. And, and I believe all my heart that God has not given up, this, given up on this nation. Do you believe? Uh, I hope you believe that as well. And I hope you have that heart of prayer concerning America. And uh, as we think about 1 Timothy chapter Chapter 2, verse 4, the Bible says, Who will have all men to be saved and come unto the knowledge of the truth. And the Bible is very clear that God wants everyone to be saved. God wants everyone to repent and receive Him as His personal Savior. And that's why we're having Resurrection Sunday. That's why we want to have Easter Sunday. Why? Because he wants more people to be saved. Not only the people here in this auditorium or in this church, God wants more people outside of this church to be saved, to receive Jesus Christ as their Savior. And as Christians, we're in truth, and thank God for that. But let us not in every sense be comfortable in this truth and not be burdened for the loss. Hey, as much as they're confused, as much as they're deceived, how much more as Christians should we share the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? 
How much should we light the gospel to those who are blind and to those who are dying and going to hell? And, uh, and as we have this uh, uh, wonderful grace of the knowledge of truth, let us not abuse it. Let us not be comfortable, but let us truly go forth and shine the gospel of the Lord Jesus. But as we think about our own state, as we think about our own Christian life, as we have the knowledge of salvation, let us not stop there. Let us not in any way stop there. Let us truly grow in the knowledge of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Let us truly grow in the knowledge of God and the knowledge of truth. And because there are many ideas and thoughts of the flesh that fight against the knowledge of God. And these are called imaginations. Why? Because it is not true. I don't know if it's in the slide, Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. And if it's not there, I understand. Okay, I'll just uh, read for you. And uh, I was mistaken. But it says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exists exalt itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. You see, God says, I want you to cast down every imagination that a goal goes against the truth of God and, uh, and the knowledge of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And, and uh, we could imagine different things in our own ideas, in our own flesh, and, and we could truly go against the Word of God rather than before the Word of God. And even as Christians, we could truly backslide in this area and let us make sure we honor the Word. Hey, if there is a, in every sense, conflict, uh, as we think about the Word of God, as think about what we think, hey, we're wrong, God is right. And let us make sure we honor the Scripture in that way. And let us make sure we obey the Lord Jesus Christ. And we need to abound in His truth. And the way to do that is to obey Him. And the way to cast out imagination is to obey the Scripture, obey the Lord Jesus Christ, obey the knowledge that God has given us. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, who has greater knowledge, us or God? God does. He has infinite understanding. We only have a finite understanding. And he knows what is true. And we have a God who cannot lie, the Bible says. And thank God, every uh, portion of the scripture and every line of thus saith the Lord is true. And thank God we could have confidence in that. And the very first step for many of us in growing more in this knowledge and truth is to submit to Him. And if the world is trying to be, and trying to be more intellectual in their own information, how much more should we be spiritually intellectual concerning the Word of God? And how much should we uh, truly know uh, cover to cover concerning the knowledge that God has shared with us so that we can let others know. Yes, they might have the, uh, different knowledge. Yes, they might have uh, been informed of different facts and, and different ideas and philosophy, but they still need the truth of God's Word. As Christians, we need to grow in His knowledge and know His knowledge, know His truth, so that we could be equipped to share the gospel with those people who are dying and going to hell. And that uh, we got to make sure we have truth growing us, and we have knowledge helping us in our lives. And we must submit to Him, and we must be obedient to Him. Richard Cecil once said this, the first step towards knowledge is to know that we are ignorant. And, uh, you know, the first step toward knowledge is to know that we are ignorant. In application, this is the first step in growing in the knowledge of God. To admit that we are ignorant and to admit that, you know, we have come short 
hey, that is truly the beginning of growing in knowledge and truth so that God could truly freely give you and also you could freely receive. How are we to grow in this knowledge as we submit to him? I'd like to share with you three spiritual helps in gaining his knowledge and growing in him. Growing in Him. First of all, let's start with the knowledge of God. Knowledge of God. If you're taking notes this morning, and uh, the verses are there already, but also the screen has it. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 10, it says, That ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. You know, as we submit, we need to grow in getting to know Him more and more, and also better. And to know God is to know His Son, Jesus Christ. And uh, for He is the only mediator between God and man. And, uh, and to know Him is to know God. And uh, Philip asked a question, show, show us the Father. God the Father, he asked. And uh, Jesus Christ answers in verse 9 in John 14. Jesus said to him, Have I been so long time with you? And hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father how sayest thou then, she was the Father? What was Jesus saying? Hey, if you have seen me, you have seen God the Father. If you have heard my words, you have heard God the Father. If you have seen my miracle, you have seen the miracle of God the Father. If you have seen me, you have seen God the Father. You see, to know Christ is to know God. And Christ said in the Great Commission before ascending up to heaven, and this was a specific uh, <coughs> commandment in Matthew 28, verse 20, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. It is very specific that the future disciples were to get to know Christ and his teachings. And I hope you know more of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, ever since your salvation. And I hope you have gotten to know him in a sweeter way. And, uh, you know, as we think about our lives and as we think about the scripture, many times we go into the Old Testament. And many times you go into uh, maybe the prophets in that, I guess, category of the Old Testament. But as we look at the scripture, I want you to understand from the Old Testament all the way to the New Testament, Genesis to Revelation. Hey, it has great pictures of the Lord Jesus Christ everywhere. And it has truth of the Lord Jesus Christ everywhere. And it is very specific from the Great Commission that God wanted us to know the teachings of the Lord Jesus. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, how much do you know Christ in salvation? Do you know His teachings today? Do you know His doctrine today? Do you know His commandments today? Do you know His heart for souls today? Do you have... Uh, do you know His future promises? Do you know uh, uh, Him today in a very personal way? And does He speak to you through the Scripture and that you pray to Him in a very sweet manner? All oh, the Word of God says in Ephesians 4.13, To all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the who? Fullness of who? Christ. The fullness of Christ. You know, God says, you'll grow in me if you are filled with me. And uh, we get to be perfect, complete man, and we get to have the unity of the faith by having the knowledge of the Son of God, having the fullness of Christ. And when we know the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ, what happens? When we lack in the knowledge of our Savior Jesus Christ, what happens? We tend to sin. 
we tend to sin. And the uh, Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, 34, and I think we have this, uh, yes, we do. It says here, awake to righteousness and sit not, for some have not the what? Knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame in the context, talking about resurrection. And people are doubting about the resurrection. And, and uh, you know, Apostle Paul lets them know, hey, awake to righteousness and sit not, for some have not the knowledge of God. And you know why you're sinning many times? You know why you're somewhat lukewarm? You know why in every sense that you are always geared toward the world? It's because you're not reading your Bible every day. And it's because you're not having the full knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart. And you don't have the truth to back up the stand that you think that you should be standing in. And so you kind of somewhat stay in the gray area. Oh, I want you to know that God wants to show you truth and that God wants to give you truth so that you could be made free, my friend, and you could be out of this bondage of lukewarmness and that you could truly serve the Lord Jesus Christ with a clean heart and a clear conscience. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, less we know about Jesus Christ, the more we will yield ourselves to sin. And why, why are we attracted to Christ? Because he is full of darkness? No. Why are we attracted to the Lord Jesus Christ? Because he's full of sin? No. We're attracted to him because he's full of light. We're attracted to him because he is full of perfection. He is full of holiness. He is full of love. He is full of mercy. He is full of grace. And to know him is to be more like him. Oh, when we got saved, that's what we desire. We didn't want to know more of the world, no. And when we got saved, hey, forget the world. I want to know more of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you still have that heart this morning? I think many people could lose that, maybe through trial and through doubts and through discouragement and through apathy and through maybe somewhat giving up on your stand. You hate to disagree with your friends now, and, and you hate to lose your friends because of your strong stand in the Lord Jesus, and, and you hate to look like a bigot in the college campus, and you don't want to look so fundamental among your family members, and, and you have just somewhat, somewhat given up on the knowledge of God, and you have somewhat created distance in your devotion, and, and you might read it, but you don't have the heart to really get the knowledge into your heart, into your mind, and to really uh, grow up in the stature and the measure of the Lord Jesus. And that's why maybe in every sense you're not in, uh, uh, in the knowledge of God and also growing thereby. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know that God is still greater and God wants you to, in every sense, get to know Him better. And through all different vows and through all different conflicts, hey, get to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, get that, uh, 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 that, that, that refreshed heart once again when you got saved. And you don't want anything of the world, but you want the Lord Jesus. I think about Philippians chapter 3, verse 8. It says, Yea, doubtless I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, but do count them but done, that I may win Christ and be found in Him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through faith of Christ, or righteousness, which is God by faith. And it says in verse 10, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. You know what Apostle Paul is saying there? I was out hiking yesterday with the college student. 
and the beautiful area of Malibu. And by the way, if you just explore California, you'd be amazed what's out there. And, uh, and uh, as I was hiking in Escondido Fall out there yesterday morning, we had a college activity, and, and uh, it was around uh, four miles, you know, a uh, round trip there. And, and at the end, you get to see uh, the waterfall and, uh, and uh, you know, I had a great time there with the college students. A few of the students went up on the waterfall by the cave side there. We took some t- pictures and everything like that. But on the way, the trail, you know what we found? A lot of horse tongues. And uh, you know what we did? We tried to avoid it as much as possible. And, uh, you know, the college students were not in any sense, oh, I'd love to step on them. Or even me, I'd love to step on them. No, we try to avoid it as much as possible. We try to, you know, go around them as much as possible. Even try to warn the people in the back, hey, there's dungs coming up. You know, we hate dungs, okay? And Apostle Paul said, the things of the past, me being Hebrew, the Hebrews, me being circumcised on the eighth day, me being tribe of Benjamin, me being a Pharisee, knowing the law, and also doing the law, I mean blameless, all those things, I count them but dung. I want to be, I want to avoid it as much as possible. I want to stay away from it as much as possible. It stinks. I don't want that knowledge anymore. You know, worldly knowledge is not just about, in every sense, concerning drinking and and, uh, you know, you know, vile social activities and, and uh, you know, sexual sins. It's not all about that, you know, uh, as well. Uh, but as well, I believe it's all about, you know, the knowledge of pride and of who you think you are. And, and uh, you know, I believe that's what the Apostle Paul is talking about. I don't want the knowledge of Paul anymore. I don't want the knowledge of the world in that sense concerning that standard. I want the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to stay away from that. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, stay away from that. Get closer to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus. Let's not crawl back to the knowledge of sin. There might be pleasure there, but only for a season. And uh, just a quick illustration. Sometimes we don't know our limits, but God does. And, and God wants you to stop before you go any further concerning your lukewarmness and, and, uh, and, and you trying to gain more knowledge of the world rather than Christ. And, and we were hiking yesterday, and, and uh, my wife was leading the way, and I was just trying to you know, uh, make sure every person was in the group. And, and uh, we took a route. I mean, it was a very steep hill. And uh, we started climbing, and the first portion, there was ropes and everything like that, so it's not that bad, and we knew we were on the right course. And then, but uh, she met somebody, the guy was coming down, make sure you take a ride when you're going up there, and there was a fork in the road, I guess, and then we took the ride, and we went to the right, and my wife was leading, and she loves hiking, and, uh, and uh, she loves going out there, and and if she could live in the mountains, she can, all right? But, you know, I love the ocean, you know, and that's just me. But I, I'm, get, I'm getting to love uh, the, uh, the, the hiking, too, because of the fact that, you know, I get to, you know, get some fresh air. But my wife was leading the way, and then some, you know, college girls were like, is this the right way? And in the back, I'm supporting my wife. I said, yeah, of course it is. This is good. And uh, it's just very, you know, I mean, it's, it's hard. I mean, we have to go on, you know, uh, on hands and even our legs and, and some you know, Hannah was tripping here and there, and it's okay, Hannah, we could do it. We kept on going, kept on going, and then we got to this very steep hill, and then Elizabeth's up there, Rachel's up there, and I'm in the back. I said, what happened? Why are we stopping? Let's keep going. Elizabeth's like, 
uh, I don't know. Should we keep going? <laughs> and then Rachel's like, yeah, I don't know. No, we could go. And I said, honey, are you up there? And she's like, yeah, I'm up here. And I was like, all right, let's keep going. And then, you know, I was somewhat a little frustrated. You know, I want to keep the group going. And then I went past a couple guys to see what's going on. And I went up there, and I saw a no trespassing sign. And I said, yes, we're coming down. <laughs> and I asked my wife, honey, what's up there? She said, oh, it's a dead end. All right, let's come down then. <laughs> so we had to come back down. It took us maybe a good 15, 20 minutes to get everybody down. And, and everybody was scared so that, you know, you know they, they don't want any broken bones and stuff like that. But somebody was very wise. He took the easy route, and he didn't follow us, amen. And he took some rest, and he needed some rest. And then, and then he, was got to, he was about to catch up with us later, but he took the route right. But anyways, uh, I still had no trespassing sign. As soon as I saw that, hey, guess what? I walked away from it. Why? Because the sign said, hey, this is a dangerous area. You ought not to be here. You know, God does that with us. God says, this knowledge right here of the world, hey, stop. Do not pass this. You can't have this. And many times we keep on going forward, we keep on climbing the knowledge of the world. But God says, I want you to put that away. Make a detour and go the other direction. And go in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we think we know it. My wife thought that, hey, she was going the right direction. And even myself, I was supporting her. But we were going the wrong direction. But the sign helped. And the Bible helps with that. The Bible is a sign. When you read the scripture, it will tell you, hey, if you're going the wrong direction concerning knowledge, make sure you have the knowledge of God, not the knowledge of the world. And secondly, we have the knowledge of grace. Knowledge with grace, I'm sorry. Knowledge with grace. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, But grow in grace in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. As, grow, as we grow in the knowledge of Christ, the divine process is that we grow in grace. You know, George, George Herbert once said, knowledge is but folly unless it is guided by grace. You know, uh, we could have so much knowledge, but without being guided by grace, it is a folly. That's what he said. I believe he says that because of 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1, if you go to the next slide. And it says here, let's read it together. Ready? We know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffeth up. It has tendency to be prideful. Knowledge can bring pride instead of grace. And God resists the proud, but give it grace to the humble. And people will resist us if we just know it all, and, but people will be attracted more if we have both. I'm not saying lose knowledge. No, I believe you need to have knowledge but also grace at the same time. I'm not saying that in every sense uh, you need to pick either one. No, I believe you could choose both. And uh, we should know the Word of God, and also we should know grace. And uh, I think we should have the proper knowledge of God's Word. And many times we could be all about love, 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 and not know not know one thing about the scripture and we need to have the right balance and we need to know of God's word I heard a humorous story a preacher was visiting various classes during the Sunday school hour to see how they were doing one Sunday he visited the class of sixth grade boys and they were talking about the things in the Old Testament he listened for a while and then asked who knows who knocked down the wall of Jericho two boys answered preacher we don't know who but we sure didn't do it and, uh, and surprised by their lack of Bible knowledge, he turned to their teacher and asked, what do you think of that answer? 
And the teacher replied, well, I've known them since they were very little. They have always been honest. If they say they didn't do it, they didn't do it. In dismay, he went out into the hallway and saw the chairman of the church board. He told him, I was just in the sixth grade boys class and asked who knocked down the wall of Jericho. Two boys held up their hands and said, we didn't do it, preacher. And the teacher told me that they, they, they say that they didn't do it. He believed them. And the chairman of the board interrupted him and said, now, preacher, let's not fuss about, let's not fuss, uh, let's not fuss about who is to blame here. We'll just fix the wall and pay for it out of the treasure fund. You know, <laughs> and uh, hopefully you don't come across those kind of people in our church, right, man? And we're called Bible Baptists, make sure we know the Bible. And uh, I'm just simply saying today, we got to know Bible, but also we got to know grace too. And sometimes we could get so prideful about knowledge that we don't know how to socially, lovingly mentor others and help others and truly share the scripture with others in meekness. And uh, we, could get, we could get very off balance in that. And we should know the word of God. We should not be ignorant, yes, but we should know of the grace and in the love of Jesus Christ. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, charity is better. The Bible says it is the best gift of all. 1 Corinthians 8.1, we know that we have all knowledge. Knowledge puffeth up, but charity edified. You see that? Charity edified. John Wesley once said, it's in the screen, before you are not before you are not swallowed up in books, an ounce of love is worth a pound of knowledge. And to make sure you have the balance. As much as I know the scripture as a preacher, I want to make sure I know how to love people in truth as well. And once again, I said it last week, Jesus Christ was full of grace and what? Truth. You've got to have that balance there. And uh, in order to lead your wife into spiritual walk, don't just talk about knowledge all the time. Talk about how much you love your wife. And also share with her about the scripture. Same thing. Hey, in every sense, uh, 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 as much as you're, submit, uh, you're submissive to your own husband, hey, make sure you recognize that it's by scripture you are being submissive to your husband. And make sure you have that balance of uh, uh, obedience, of grace, and also the knowledge of God. And many people could be submissive to their own husband. Some ladies could be, but they're grumping about it. Okay? They're not full of grace. And they're not full of love. And I believe a gracious, loving wife would truly be a submissive woman. And as much as that is true, same thing with the husband too. And let us make sure we rear our children that way as well. And that we, as much as we give knowledge and truth, make sure, make sure we give the knowledge of love and the knowledge of grace. And make sure we have that balance today. All oh, the Bible also says in 1 Corinthians 13, 8, Charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecy, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. And, uh, you know, uh, the Bible says there are a lot of different gifts. Hey, but... One thing will last, charity. Charity will last. And by the way, you know, you could get off balance in loving people so much that you defend people the wrong way too. And in every sense, how could you treat that person that way and you're outspoken and then you just kind of create a conflict and friction and, and you're not in any sense in the best interest of the group, but you're in the best interest of protecting that person in your own ego and uh, you got to be very careful with that. you got to be very balanced in that approach. And you got to know when to speak and not to speak. 
And you've got to make sure you use your words wisely. If you want to let others know how to uh, uh, correct the situation and also try to be loving to other people, make sure you're doing it in a loving way. And uh, some people could be, in every sense, hey, the church is not loving, and they're angry about it. Yet, in every sense, that might be true, but why are you so frustrated? Why are you so angry as you present that, I guess, case? And uh, maybe you have the wrong motive. In every sense, you know, when I have encountered somebody uh, who have uh, somewhat of an ill, uh, Ill uh, uh, view of the church concerning how, you know, uh, you know, they're not, you know, they're taking care of uh, the other people and stuff like that. And I understand, I understand we could come short of that sometimes. And, uh, but many people are frustrated and angry. And then uh, they show their own example, how they're loving. And then I realize, you know, uh, we're at a fault here. And many times I apologize. And many times I've somewhat tried to do better in my stance concerning loving others and caring for others. But, but I have to somewhat draw back and say, I wonder if this person is re- revealing this case for the right purpose and with the right grace. And, uh, and he's blaming people here and there. And uh, rather than just trying to look forward to how they could be a part of the church and trying to, you know, bring everybody together in loving relationship. And, uh, you know, with your defensive of love, you could be divisive. You've got to be very careful with that. And we've got to be very careful in every sense. I think about even family life. And, you know, I think Rebecca really loved uh, Jacob. And then Isaac really loved who? Esau. But then that created tension, didn't it? It created a very divisive atmosphere. And that, was that, and that could be the same thing within our church. And make sure you have the right balance in how to approach different conflicts. So with that, number three, knowledge of humility. And I've got to be finished up here in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 through 7. But let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon the form of a servant, but was made in the likeness of man. But being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even the death of the cross. You know, the greatest knowledge is humility. And it was a mind of Christ. And this mind, this knowledge will help us, help our relationship with God and help our relationship with others and help our relationship with our spouse. And First Peter chapter 3, verse 7, Likewise, ye husband, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel and as being heir together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. You see, the knowledge is that the husband loved his wife as Christ loved the church. And with that knowledge, my friend, I hope you could humble yourself to love your wife. And also with the knowledge, ladies, you could submit yourself to your husband as the church is subject unto Christ. And uh, we need to have knowledge, but also humility at the same time, and an obedience, and we need more humble minds, and we have intellectual, yes, we have enough philosophers, and we have theologians, we have enough of that, but we need more humble minds who will go soul winning, and who have compassionate heart for their neighborhood, and who will live by the book, and who have a sweet spirit about it, and who will love their family, and who will obey the Holy Spirit of God in every impulse, and we need some more Humble Christians with humble minds today. And I hope you're humble. As much as you're full of knowledge, you're humble to obey. Many scholars have covered many intellectual studies and ideas, but this is the greatest challenge of them all. A humble mind, a mind of Christ. As much as you know about the Bible, you know the struggle 
is your own pride sometimes. Your own pride really fights you. Even though you know so much, you can't perform. You can't do what the Bible says. You are your own worst enemy. It's not the knowledge, the lack of knowledge you have for many of you. You have gone through the scripture many times. It's because you're not obeying. That's the problem. You're lacking. Oh, in obedience. Not in knowledge many times, but in obedience. I hope you have humble minds today. If you have all the knowledge in the world and not have humility, I guarantee you, you will not have the growing in grace that God wants you to have. But you'll just grow in pride. You'll grow in disobedience. Oh, I hope you're there. We grow up into him in all things, in knowledge. And uh, what kind of knowledge? The knowledge of God. What kind of knowledge? Oh, we need the knowledge with grace. What kind of knowledge? The knowledge of humility. I hope we have these.